Hello and welcome to Side Dish, your podcast about Longmont, all the stuff you want to know and very little that you need to know. I'm Eric Zampa. I'm Brady Steffel. And I'm Annie Larner. Hey, welcome in, gang. The trio is back. It's been a hey. while. You know, I know we've had some anxious listeners wanting to know where the podcast is. Ch- champing at the bit. Where, where are they? <laughs> what are those weirdos doing? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So how are you been? How's everybody been? Good. Fairly busy. Enjoying the weather, walking the dogs, sun shining, gardens growing, uh, you know, that kind of thing. It's It's been good. Just it's summer. There's nothing particularly exciting here. Uh, been you know, hot, right? Yeah, yeah hot. it's been it's been hot. We've had some nice days, though. Like it's nice days. Honestly, it's been hot. But we've had years where it's just been like, mm, I think my skin is grilling. And, you know, you just smell like burning if you're outside for more than five minutes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it's actually been that. I mean, we've had some hot days, but yeah. we've had worse Junes, that's for sure. Yeah, really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 so Brady's busy. Annie, what have you been doing? Did you just, Man, just I have missed a great you guys. time? Yeah. I'm happy to see you again. I missed you guys. It's been a while. I hope, wow. uh, hope you yeah. all enjoyed your time. Well, I hope you missed me too, but I missed you guys. And I had a, I had a good break. We actually got up to the mountains and got to a cabin. And can I just give away this secret? That's not really a secret, but like, just stop fussing with I-70. Go to 85. It is the winner. Fair play. Alma. Hoosier Pass. It is awesome. We got a little cabin with my sister and got away for a few days. And it was so easy to get to. It was a beautiful drive. Fun. I mean, very few people. You're surrounded by 14ers up there in fair play. It is so cool. We had the greatest time. And I'm just... I'm just like, I don't think I'll ever go I-70, although I came at home because I want to go over Hoosier Pass. And <laughs> right home so where did you, what, so Annie, where specifically did you go? Yeah. So like Fair Play area. Oh, okay. 85 yeah. and you get there and then you kind of like turn north up nine, which mm-hmm. then takes over Hoosier Pass, which is a beautiful pass. I haven't been over that probably since I was a kid, but just that area back there between Fair Play and Alma has awesome cabins that are really secluded and quiet and you can just hike around. We let the kids just go crazy and be unattended for a few days. They didn't take a bath or a shower, I think for like four days. It was perfect. Oh, wow. You did, <laughs> so cool. did a head count on the way home? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, uh, I, I, here. Yeah, it's fine. yeah, I think 285 is like a great drive, especially if like you're oh, going to Santa Fe, it's much better to go 285 than it is Totally. 25. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, that's just, yeah. I mean, I said it's gotten crazy. It really has just kind of like everywhere on the front range. It's one of these like casualties of just, being a beautiful state that attracts so many people, I-70 is just a pain. No matter what time of year, what time of week, what time of day, there's always traffic. It's nuts. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know um, we have a lot to talk about regarding all some of the new things that are going on in Longmont. But first, we've got some really great people to talk to about a development that's going on at 9th and Main. Brady has given me weird signals, so I don't know what he wants me to do, but you know. I'm I, just thinking. I'm, I'm like, just thinking like, yeah, I've got I don't okay, really know. Yeah. But anyway, so 9th and Main, there is a development that I literally, I, I live just a few blocks away from. And for me, that's a pretty exciting, uh, not only is development an mm-hmm. exciting uh, part of what's going on in Longmont, but also just the family that they're honoring and the legacy of Lou Cardenas. Um, um, is really cool. So Jennifer Peterson is here and Jennifer, um, thank you so much. And, and family members of Lou's that are here as well. And so we're ever so grateful for them to, to be with us. And Jennifer, can you tell us a little bit about the project itself? And yes, there you go. <laughs> thank you for, for having us on your your podcast. This is quite an honor. Um, so the project is uh, well. It, it's just a dream that kind of kind of came to me a couple of years ago. I had entered the world of uh, real estate, commercial real estate development, and um, was looking for a project. And I am a longtime resident of Longmont, and I had been. I also live in the neighborhood of uh, Casa Lu Cardenas, the, the future Casa Lu Cardenas. And so I'd been driving by the corner of Ninth and Main for almost three decades and saying how ugly it was and how it was such an eyesore. So um, when I was looking for a project, um, that building on the corner happened to be for sale. And I thought, you know, maybe it's time to take some ownership and instead of griping about something that needs changing, just p- taking action and changing it. 
So um, that building, the price had been reduced. They'd had two or three contracts fall through. It was just time. It was it was just waiting for me. I was the last one standing. Um, I got to working with a great realtor who uh, convinced the 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 property owner just to the north to sell me his building as well because I needed both of those buildings in order to have mm-hmm. enough space to do anything with. And um, got a, a wonderful architect, Tom Moore, involved, and we just started dreaming about a three-story mixed-use building for that corner. Yeah, and, and, and there's already been progress made already. So uh, looks like the old building that was an eyesore has been totally demolished and gone. That, so. that was a fun day. <laughs> yeah. We did it so fast. It was crazy. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was we so- drove by and Kelsey was like, that was the... That yeah. was the 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 biblioteca. That was the. Like, <laughs> it was just yeah. like, not all of a sudden. And for those uh, who remember cheaper Charlies, I remember cheaper Charlies back in the day, and that was quite the uh, auto parts store back there in, in the corner <laughs> at one time. Um, I want to get to Lou and, and her legacy as well, and I hope that the family members, Michael, Lydia, Julian, Rose. I wonder if you could share a story about Lou and. Um, her, you know, her involvement in Longmont or, or what is a really great memory of Lou that you want to share with us? Well, I think she probably had a dream too of wanting to get uh, people involved in, uh, in, you know, in some of the issues that uh, were in Longmont, such as the senior center. She wanted to get the Hispanic people to attend the seniors and to, to be a part of it so that they you know, uh, would feel if she got a group they want, she wanted them to feel welcome there, because they were always a little hesitant about getting involved in different in projects. You know, and they just didn't feel, uh, you know, real welcomed. And so my mom tried really hard to do that, and uh, so she got that started and going, and uh, she got people to go, and and that made her happy. And uh, and then uh, the other thing was that she had. Uh, wanted to, to have the uh, the uh, what is it called the transportation so uh, RTD RTD or, yeah yeah, yeah the, uh-huh. she wanted to get that going because a lot of these people didn't have a way to get around or to uh, you know do things and so uh, because of their disabilities and so she uh, tried really hard and worked with city council and and uh, got that to, to happen after, you know, several meetings that she went to and and uh, a lot of information that she gave them. Um, I don't know if anybody else wants to add anything. Lydia, do you want to add anything to uh, uh, to, to mom's legacy? Um, Lydia? Well, the thing is with her is like she was saying, she really wanted the people to feel comfortable going to the senior center. Because I believe that when she started going there, she didn't feel that comfortable, although she um, would go anyway. It was like her pushing herself through and getting them to finally welcome her. And so when she did that, she wanted to get the rest of the people to come in and feel the same way. And that was what she were really worked for is having people come there to get uh, their blood pressures taken because that happened maybe like once a week and uh, different things like that. And also to do the arts and crafts. They also had like a day or so every week or so to go to come to Denver to different things to see. And uh, she got a lot of those things started for the Hispanic people to come and not only the Hispanic, but the low income people, uh, but mostly the Hispanics. And because the other low income people were not so hesitant about going there, but the Hispanics always felt intimidated by um, the whites. And so they um, really didn't feel comfortable until my mother started working with them, talking to them about the different things that they could do there. And um, she accomplished that, which was a a good thing and a good accomplishment for my mother. And also, like she said, the bus service, Uh, they needed bus service to go to doctors if they couldn't get there. 
that was important to her. And yeah. um, she was very lucky because she had a husband who really supported her. My mother didn't drive. And so it was up to him to drive her to the different meetings and to the senior center to attend whatever there was to attend. So she was she was very fortunate to have my dad back her up and support her in stuff like that. So Lydia and Rose, I have to ask you, I mean, I have read a little bit about Lou and I did have the pleasure to meet her back uh, many years ago. But um, I just wanted to ask you, where did, where did she get her courage? Because I, I, was, I was just so amazed. I mean, it takes a lot of courage for somebody who is maybe different looking, different in appearance or, or different in abilities to actually cross that threshold and go to the senior center and say, hey, I want to be involved. And there, at the time she did that, there were very few Hispanics probably involved in the senior center. Like, where did she get her courage? Well, she was the oldest one of her family, and I think she had a lot of responsibility. And uh, I think because she had that responsibility, it just gave her confidence, you know, and uh, she was always uh, real uh, forward about, you know, doing and getting things done. You know, even with us, you know, we had to make sure that we got things done. She taught us responsibility. And, and I think that's, you know, she just, and then my dad wasn't very outspoken. And so she kind of, uh, you know, took care of the whole family. She was the leader of the family. And uh, I think uh, doing that, she took care of all the business actually uh, in the home. And uh, so I think that kind of built her confidence. And so when she wanted to do something, when she, you know, started seeing and going to these meetings, uh, after she uh, retired, I think, you know, she felt like she needed to do something more, you know, and uh, she wasn't shy about going. I know she didn't speak really good English, but she'd say, I made it, I made it clear and I made, and they understood me, she'd say, <laughs> <laughs> because she, her English was kind of broken, you know, and uh, probably not as good as, you know, um, some of us that have gone to school, but she got her point across and that was really important. And they listened to her and uh, obviously they heard her because she uh, did accomplish some things in the community. And, uh, and so, and she always, uh, you know, was so proud of her. She got a lot of certificates for volunteer work and things that she did. And so I think that gave her a lot of confidence too, you know, that yeah. she was able to do that kind of stuff and that they acknowledged her work and her and what she did. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so Jennifer, I want to turn to you real quickly. Why? So why did you decide to name the project or the building uh, after Lou? Like how did that come to be and, and why did you decide to do that? Well, um, I love, I love to create beautiful places that build community, beautiful physical spaces that build community. And so that was my, my main vision and main goal for this property. And as I got to moving along in the project, I thought, you know, I want to honor a woman who's been significant to the history, cultural development, economic development of Longmont, because there's not a lot named after women. And, um, so I was doing research with Eric Mason over at the museum, and I just was not finding the woman that was really, you know, singing to my heart. And I got to thinking about the Hispanic community, and I have three children, two graduates from Skyline High School and a third one who will graduate in a couple of years. And so um, we're just I've just always been immersed in uh, the Latino community, at least through the schools, and been comfortable in that. And I thought, you know what? Someone, the other group of people who haven't been recognized enough is the Hispanics and their uh, efforts to grow Longmont economically and culturally and in the past and in the present. And so I thought I'm going to narrow my search. So really, it was through Eric Mason at the Longmont Museum. He he said, you know, there's a a woman named Lou Cardenas who just was very instrumental in so many ways. And, And what I love about Lou is that she was really altering the landscape of the city of Longmont because she was pushing for diversity and equity and inclusion at a time where those topics were not at the forefront of conversation. So she really sort of, I mean, it was obviously necessary and needed to be done, but she was sort of ahead of the game in terms of really being willing to step out. 
And so I feel like that this is, I want to continue her legacy um, in this building. Um, so it's, it's a place to honor her, salute her, but it's also a place to, to bring um, groups, different ethnicities together and to just sort of help people expand their social circles. So we're, we're marketing to Hispanic uh, business owners and um, residences, residents, and we're just really wanting that to be a place of, of, uh, of multi-ethnicity. Um, it's so easy and it's normal for us to, as, as human beings, to just be attracted to people who are like us and to, and to make our social circles full of people who are like us. And we, if, we, if that's all we do and we're not deliberate about expanding our social circles, then I feel like that we miss out on the opportunity to, to enjoy um, uh, learning about and building relationships with people who are, who are different. And, and in that, you often find uh, wonderful similarities um, and you find you find friendship, you know, beyond the circles that you that uh, that you that you thought you might. So that's what I'm trying to promote in this and build. Jennifer, is it in is it uh, unusual to kind of come up with a naming for a building like you did? I I I just think that I'm sorry. This is my naivete. I just think developers go, oh, okay, who's a historical figure? Um, uh, it's, it's just a lot of like of, oh, it's it's Garden Hills and it's yeah, it's, it's exactly, Blue Meadows yeah. and it's, it's <laughs> yeah. the Mountain Roosevelt Vista. Park, Roosevelt Park Place was in yes, exactly. But is that unusual? I and mean, maybe Annie wants to comment on this too. It just seemed kind of. It seems like you went kind of above and beyond what generally property people do. You know, I I'm new enough in this realm that that I I um I would say just from observe observations of other property developments, like you're talking about, I don't see it. Um, I don't see the, the developments being named after people. Um, but, you know, that it's just something I wanted to do. And I guess it didn't bother me that it's not a common thing to, to do. <laughs> exactly. So what was the, what was the reaction then, uh, Lydia Rose? What, uh, what was the reaction for, from Jennifer or from you, I should say, when, when Jennifer proposed naming it after Lou? Well, when she called well, me, we, I'm I talking about Jennifer, when she called me and she fi finally found me, she told me what she was doing. And I'm telling you, she got me off balance. I was so shocked <laughs> and surprised and so happy that I just started crying. And I said, you're kidding. She says, no, I'm not. And I'm just, I just feel so proud of my mom. And uh, I'm just sorry that she's not here to see what everybody's doing. But hopefully she's watching from up above and she can see that we're so proud of her as her children mm -hmm. and the community of Longmont. Because I've talked to people and they've said, what's going on? What, what is Lou doing? And, and this and that. And I'm saying, well, this fine person named Jennifer, she found my mom at the library and she decided to do this for her. And like I say, we are so honored. Yeah. And Rose, do you have, I think you were going to chime in too as well. Were you going to say something? Might be a little. We might. It looks uh, like we might have lost no, her a little bit. Maybe so. while she's doing that, I'd love to ask a question. Um, can you give us just a quick, quick oh. background on like when she came to Long? Was she raised in Longmont? Did she move to Longmont? And also maybe where people can go learn more about her, whether it's the library, museum, or even maybe your buildings. You'll have some stuff up about it too, where people can learn. I'd love to know that. My yeah. mother came to Longmont. When she, well, she came to the area when she was quite young. They came to do sugar beets from New Mexico. Her father would bring her. My mother was an orphan. Her mother left her and two brothers. So she was left with just her father. And so then he came to Colorado and he had my mother live with two different families. And they were my grandfather's brothers. One was lived in Fort Lupton and the other one lived in Frederick. And so between the two families, my mother lived. And then 
my grandfather would take her out to the field and do sugar beets. And I think once in a while, he would take her back to New Mexico with him and then come back until my grandfather remarried. And then he took her with his new wife and they had children. And so she has a lot of step brothers and sisters who adored her. They just loved her. And usually that doesn't happen when you're a stepchild, but they really do to this day. They talk about her and they want to be included in whenever Jennifer is doing in Longmont for mom. Well, and I want to say that um, I want to commend Jennifer too, again, in having a nice narrative or biography, if you will, about Lou on the website too, casalulongmont.com. Um uh, you know, Lydia and, and Rose, I have to say that your mom, I was shocked by this. She worked a, on a seed farm in Leadville for five years from 1930 to 1935. I can't imagine how cold, I hate cold, so that, <laughs> how, how cold working in Leadville was back in the 30s. Oh, my gosh, and hard yeah. hard work and hard hard that work was. My mom was a very hard worker, and uh, I think... Uh, you know, that that all stems from uh, the way she grew up, you know, and uh, that that uh, she just worked hard at everything and anything, even in the home. Uh, she was uh, quite a domestic uh, person in the home and uh, she uh, just believed in, in teaching us all uh, how to work and, and how to be responsible and dedicated to jobs, you know, and and she she was amazing as far as. Uh, what she learned and, and, uh, and she learned by herself because she didn't have much schooling. And uh, I mean, she sewed and did crochet and quilting and uh, canning. Uh, she raised a few animals where we lived and she preserved all this, anything that she could to, so we could make it in, in, in the wintertime because they didn't work that much in the wintertime. But she was a very creative person, and uh, I just admired her, everything that I learned from her. And, you know, you don't notice those things until after you grow up, yeah. how much yeah. you learn from them, you know. And, and and you just start to break it down, and you think, my God, I learned the, all these skills from her that, that was amazing, you know, that she picked up on her own and learned, you know. And uh, so... Um, I feel very honored myself and so proud of my mom that she did so much work and she, and before all of this, she worked so hard in the fields and under uh, terrible conditions sometimes. And she would come home and she would be so tired. And of course we all pitched it and helped. We, Lydia would cook and I would clean and, and uh, so we all pitched it and helped when she worked out in the fields and was very tired. So and we all had chores to do uh, by all means. You know, we had to help. <laughs> so we weren't we did we weren't kids for too long. You know, we had a responsibility at a very young age. I can so honestly you, say I think I think you worked a lot harder than I did when I was growing up. That's for sure. That's for sure. Right. And probably a lot harder than, than my kids did, too, as well. So um, a lot of hard work and a lot of great uh, lessons learned um, from Lou. And Jennifer, I, I want to turn to you about um, you. You talked about the ideals of equity and inclusiveness and diversity. And how are you going to demonstrate those in the building or how does that come through in the building? You know, the, the building, will because it will be an honor and memory of Lou Cardenas, uh, I'm planning on including some artwork. There's a courtyard that we've, we've uh, put in on the west side of the building, another physical space that would create um, space for community to happen. And there'll be artwork on display there about Lou. I'd love a mural on the wall somewhere. So that's all to be determined exactly what that will be. Um, her story will be somewhere there, um, whether it's a QLR code that you connect to. Um, we're working on on uh, doing a video of some sort about her. And then, like I mentioned before, um, 
really seeking out the Hispanic community, the business community, to make sure that that we're including them in in participating as tenants there. Um, that's that's very important to me. So and that's I have a marketing team that's working on that with me. That's awesome. And then what, uh, as far as the practicalities, kind of the nuts and bolts, like how many units are you talking about, and how much square footage so, for retail and. Sure. So the first floor will be the retail or commercial spaces, and it's about uh, just under 4,000 square feet total. It's an L shape on the corner, and um, those units can be divided into uh, three spaces, four spaces, even five spaces. That'll be determined by the tenants we find and how much square footage they'd like. Uh, there's plenty of doors and windows on both sides of the building, um, so there's a lot of, of uh, versatility and how those spaces can be built out, how the tenants can finish those for themselves, where they can place bathrooms, that sort of thing. Then the second and third floors are, uh, um, on the second floor, there's a a small office space, about a thousand square feet. It could be divided into two spaces. Um, Then there are six apartments. So there are five two bedroom apartments and those two bedroom apartments will have two floors. So the living area kitchen will be on the second floor of the building. And then you walk upstairs into the third level of the building and that's, that's the bedroom area. So you only access the third floors through the apartments. That's a, that's a private space. Um, There's one, one bedroom and that's on the third floor. And it's a nice spacious one bedroom on the corner. Um, the unique piece that I'm, I'm hoping will really be a, a selling point um, to tenants is each unit has a private rooftop deck that with a built-in pergola, and it's only accessible through the, the stairway from your apartment to the deck. And we're thinking that at that height, um, right right now, there's aren't not, not much to obstruct the Western view. So we're thinking there'll be a mountain view um, from there. And then there's also a a deck available to the commercial tenants as well. So again, another space for building community. um, And that's a unique feature that is not available as far as I know in other apartment uh, companies. Mm -hmm. And it is, it is lease, right? It's not purchase. It's lease. That's right. Mm -hmm. And then what, um, what do you see like the impacts will be within that kind of area? What, what do you see as far as the, what do you hope to see? I should say, you know, if you, take a look at that whole block uh, and really the block north and the two blocks north and two blocks south, that whole area really could use some some TLC. Um, And so we're all looking at this as a catalyst project for uh, just kind of a forerunner. Like I think it will help other people spruce up their places. Um, Some other development may happen in that area. Um, you know, it, it's, it's just an area that, that, uh, it just needs some rejuvenation. So this is the beginning of that. And, and, and specifically what will happen, boy, I couldn't tell you, but I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that, that other beautification things and community building projects will, will happen in that area as a result of, of Casa Lu. I can only imagine they will just because we've seen other such catalyst projects come about and they have really impacted certain areas too, as well. So um, anything that you want to, you want to finish with uh, before we we let you go and get back with your day, Um, Jennifer, Lydia, Rose, anything you want to finish with or tell uh, our listeners about? I would just love to thank the Cardenas family descendants Lydia and Rose, uh, Lou's daughters, and uh, Michael and Julian are, are here as well. They've not spoken, but they are grandsons of Lou Cardenas. And the four of them are the people I've gotten to know so far of the Cardenas family. And they're just wonderful people. And I'm so enjoying building relationships with them, expanding my friendships. And um, I'm just so in hopes that that same kind of thing will, will happen in Casa Lou Cardenas. You want to say One of the things that I think uh, uh, is a possibility of happening is that uh, you're really like opening the doors to the Hispanic community and the to be more diverse, you know, to, to be more accepted and acceptable, you know, who they are. And I just kind of see that maybe happening. What do you think, Jennifer? I- yeah, what do you, what do you think, Lydia, or others? 
I agree, Rose. That's that's definitely a, a goal of mine. Mm-hmm. I know uh, because um, I remember in school that you know Hispanics weren't always accepted. There was always that barrier, you know, that you feel you felt intimidated, like Lydia said. <laughs> I know some of the kids used to make fun of us because. They always make fun of us because we were eating out of a bag and it's probably because we had burritos or tortillas or something in a sandwich. And, and I remember that. And, and, you know, that's very painful sometimes, you know, when, uh, when um, people make fun of you because of who you are, you know, and, uh, but, you know, I think this is an opener uh, and I just hope that it would be, you know, that people would see the, the good in, in the Hispanic community, you know, because there, I mean, there's bad in all races and everything, but I think, you know, uh, Hispanics add a lot too, you know, they, they, there's a lot of good things that happen with Hispanics also. You know, I see the, at least for me, I, I love the the values that uh, Jennifer, you bring to the project. I love that you've involved the family and you named it after somebody who's a significant um, contributor to the community. I think it's a, a fantastic bridge for the community. And, and I just wish you uh, the most success with the project. And we look forward to it because literally I'm a few blocks away. So I've got a selfish interest. I just want to see it uh, really progress. And and I wanted to say thank you very much on behalf of the Side Dish team, Jennifer, Michael, Lydia, and Julian and Rose for joining us today and letting us know a little bit more about Lou and her legacy as well as the project itself. So thank you so much. Well, thank, thank you, you for having us. We have enjoyed Bye. it. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you Bye-bye. so much. All right. So we are so ever so grateful to have them on to talk about the project and what's been going on uh, with uh, the Castle Lou project. I, like I said, I'm, I'm just been really excited about it. I think it's really pretty cool. Um, Annie, I just want to commend you. I mean, you're, you were the organizer for, for this entourage to join us today. So thank you so much for, for doing that. Um, totally. It's yeah. an honor. I ran in, Jennifer is actually a neighbor of mine and we kind of ran into each other recently and got to talking about this project. And obviously we've been following the development here on side dish for a while from development log days. So it was nice to put all those pieces together and get this crew on. So awesome. It's really cool. So shifting from the sublime to the ridiculous, um, <laughs> we're going to talk about, uh, crazy things that are going on since uh, we have last done a podcast. I have to say, you know, first of all, Sweet Cow is open. So yeah. when I came back, yeah. I saw that Sweet Cow was open. So ding ding, that's a cow. Have you guys been yet? Ding ding. No, no I have not. No, I have not. And Landline Donuts opened. I was there it, for the. Oh, that's opening. why they all opened at the same time. Yeah. yeah. All that's so, left now is Crumble, <laughs> and we know yes. Eric that you're just waiting to bust those doors down and go get 12 crumble cookies just for yourself. Right? I have to tell you, right? I, I found a great cookie though at Miko. They have this oh. little like sea salt chocolate chip cookie. It's just amazing. Oh. I think, oh. I think, I think this podcast is sponsored by Miko and Eric is just not sharing, <laughs> not sharing the income. Well, if you I, want to share the expenses, you certainly can, you know, uh, <laughs> So this is the secret, like, oh, no sponsors here. By the way, (laughs) the cookies at Miko are to die for. That's right, Miko. Everybody should go there right literally right now. Get in the car. Don't stop driving. Go to Miko. I I do have a funny story, just a just a tangent there. I was there yesterday, so might as well mention it again. Miko coffee. Um, (laughs) Near uh, Casa Luz, Sophie. Yeah, (laughs) Sophie and Shane were there, and they were like hyper crazy caffeinated. (laughs) <laughs> and it was hysterical. I felt like I was like running like in slow motion. They're like, <laughs> like, I think you've had a little bit too much caffeine. So yeah. Anyway, so uh, I will tell you about uh, Jody from Landline Donuts. I had a pleasure to meet her while I uh, popped in and they had a line out the door. I mean, it was okay, crazy. Spill the beans. Tell us what kind of donut you got. Crazy. How so I got, uh, so I was there with Jacob and Sandy, and um, what's hysterical is Jody said, "Oh, are these the people on Side Dish?" And they <laughs> they disowned me and said they have nothing to do with Side Dish whatsoever. So I just want to let you don't, know that. Don't don't tie me into that knotted. Yeah, they were like, "There's no way I would ever do anything like that." No. Um, yeah, I leave that to other people. <laughs> no. um, but I will say we got a cinnamon one, a strawberry one, and I feel like we got one more, but maybe not. Um, but they were like almost out. When we got there, oh, this wow. was after like a brunch, we went to Tangerine and then we went over there and 
But you know um, how like fantastic you, donuts. It was good. I feel like good. when you go to Italian restaurant, you have to get like the quintessential. I don't know. What do you get? Like lasagna or just something that's yeah. like that to to judge it. So what is that for the donut shop? To me, it's like just a glazed. You have to get the glazed. That's exactly, but we we can only get what they had. So oh, they didn't even have, have like, it. Wow. Yeah, they didn't even I, have any. I mean, it had like cinnamon. That was it, and they had the strawberry, and that was it. It was like yeah, that's but I think there was one more that they just ran out of before. Back in the there. day when I could yeah. eat, well, I was I could probably shouldn't have been eating gluten, but I used to love cake donuts. Cake oh, donuts. Yes. Oh my god. Oh, I do not like cake donuts. Oh my god. Uh, cake donuts uh, and a coffee on the way to work. Oh. I could no. drive. I could double my commute and be happy if I had a. You know what, Brady? Coffee. You are spot on. That is the best way to judge a oh donut shop. Can they do a cake plain donut straight <laughs> up? If you can't do a cake plain donut straight up, you know you're just probably not great. I got it. Like people ask, you know, like if I'm talking about what I miss, it's not. It's nothing fancy about the gluten scene. It's. It's cake donuts, like donuts. from cake Quick donuts. Trip. Yeah, that's Quick, cake donuts from Quick Trip, like Chinese food, just like orange chicken or something, just stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like that's yeah. I will tell you another donut update. I have to say, very exciting though. Not in our town, but in DIA. If you're going traveling and you're in Concourse B, Voodoo Donuts is opening. Oh, well. which is like the best donut yeah. shop on earth. So I know. it's like the it, maple I, I bacon. You with that. that? I don't agree with those gourmet donuts. I don't. Have you been to Voodoo Donuts? Or you're yes, just saying. Yes, I've been to Voodoo Donuts. Yeah, I don't think there's so. another one. I've been. They're all kind of the same to me. It's uh, like, uh, every. It's like it's like the like deep fried Snickers bar at like the county fairs in Kentucky or something. It's just over. It's just ex- excess to excess. It's over the top. Doesn't even taste just, good. You have a bellyache when you're not. Welcome, just, welcome to America, Annie. Oh this my is, gosh! This you know, so you're just you're just a plain up glazed donut person. I like glazed and chocolate glaze. That's that's my. I, I, oh, I also I miss the good. apple fritters from from oh Windshields. I'm kind of dying. I'm dying yeah. now. I can't eat any of this. I would. <laughs> I ate so bad when I was a kid. Uh, I would work at the Hy-Vee Deli, and right next was the Hy-Vee Bakery. And like for lunch, I would get like smothered hash browns in like an apple fritter. And like <laughs> do, you know, or like have milk or something. <laughs> Make sure Probably. you check on the old ticker here. Oh no, my, my ticker's yeah. in great shape, surprisingly. <laughs> um, but no, it's that's that's what I would eat. I can't eat like much of that anymore. But oh my gosh, I, I so, liked like apple fritters, apple fritters, cake donuts, glazed cake donut is usually where I'm at on that. Um, if anybody's got a really good passable uh glazed cake donut that's GF, hit me up. I'm on a super ultra restricted diet. We're kind diet, of on so that. We've been on that search for a long time. I know. SideDishLongman at gmail.com. Just reach <laughs> out to us. Let us know where you can find gluten-free donuts that are really good. Yeah. Um, it, I will say the pineapple whip that they have at Land Landline Donuts, uh, you could eat that, Brady, if you're so inclined. So it's a, it's a thing that they made at Disneyland, I guess. I've never uh-huh. been to Disney World or Disneyland. So, yes, Same. everybody can blast me right now. But, um, but uh, yeah, supposedly it's a you know, kind of whipped ice cream treat, basically. Yeah. Ice you know, cream treat. I have to say, I actually, I like my, my respect for you has deepened by the fact that you haven't been to either Disneyland or Disney World. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're never, living, and this is really going to shock you. Don't I have no intention ever to go. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, me either. Yeah, I gotta say the. <laughs> right, well, this makes me think about back home, and I don't know if this is a, a national thing, but we used to sell in the deli case where I worked my first job when I was fourteen years old. We used to sell. Um, wait a second. Wait a second. This is food analog history with Brady Steffel. Yeah. Right yeah, now, yeah. welcome so we to know. food analog history with Brady. Yeah, I, I, I love the name like food analog history. We should change the name of this podcast. <laughs> Foods I used to eat with Brady. Yeah, yeah, right. So um in the Midwest, and I'm gonna I'm just asking because I don't know if this is a thing that happened in Longmont and elsewhere, or if it was just a quintessentially Midwestern thing, but whipped cream based, and I'm gonna use heavy air quotes, salads were oh um, yeah. Oh, oh yes. my brother-in-law is from Iowa and they talk about the jello the salad yeah, and it's jello like salad. jello and yep. whipped cream. It's the, if there's whipped cream on it's not okay. like a salad. No no, yeah, no. there's a there's actually a type of jello and you put you mix whipped cream in it and it's it's smooth. It's pretty good. Yeah, um totally. it's, that it's way better than just okay. jello. Isn't that called an ambrosia sure salad or something like I that? I just like, what made me think of this is I just yeah. last night was watching like a Maddie Matheson uh video. Uh he's a he's a chef. And he was making a thing and he made ambrosia salad with marshmallows and stuff in it. But there was, and I'm not kidding. There was, was like half a dozen, a dozen different things in the deli case. And it was like a uh, pistachio salad with like green, um, 
uh, uh, pudding mixed into whipped cream yes, with yes, pistachios yes, and green marshmallows. And there so was funny. one that was Oreo salad. That was like yes, just, Oreo salad. They do. They like that's always at the potluck. Super good. Yes. No, terrible it's for you. Thing. It's just sugar. <laughs> it's really good. And there was like this, like a gamut of these. In the in the uh, the one you're talking about, the the whipped cream salad, like that. That was a thing too. And yeah, it's no, like they were salads, a, just like the I'm South sure has salads based not. around mayo. The Midwest has their thing yeah. that's just based around. It sugar. hasn't made its way to Colorado, even okay. with these. Oh, no, thank goodness! Thank you for not bringing it. It's yeah, not. exactly. So <laughs> shifting gears oh, wait, real quickly, we have, we have to go talk ahead. more food. More food news. No, I have another. No, I have another food one too. Oh, yeah. But go ahead. Um, uh, Sweet cow. Next to it is Cooper Wine Bar that's going to be opening, which is pretty cool. Pretty excited yeah, yeah. about that. Yeah, and it's Cooper K U P E R. Mm-hmm. With some weird accent on top of the U, um, you know the two dots. Cooper. Yeah, um, um, uh, but anyway, it's, it comes from Cooper. It comes from a Cooper, which is a you know somebody who actually makes wine barrels. Nice, that's exciting. Yeah, that's, when yeah, do they open? Good. Do you know? Um, they actually have a website, so you can look at Cooper Wine Bar. Or you can go Google that on your Google machine and, and Google that right now. But it looks like the fall, so it'll be like September is when Perfect they're planning to wine bar. They're going to have reservations available so you can reserve your own table. Like if you have a favorite table in there, you can reserve your table, which I think is kind of cool. So I should probably get like a lifetime reservation. Yeah. Third or fourth attempt here at a wine bar in Longmont. We'll see if this one makes it. I hope so. I mean, you know, I told you I'm on the search for like a wine bar or a bar in general that I really like. And so it's close by. So, hey, you know. Hey, there you go. go. Um, Okay. The other food news we all know. Bojo's closed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not too many tears shed over here because I never made it to Bojo's the entire time it was open. How about you all? No, never made it. And I you mean, know, I, I have I have fond memories of going to when I was in high school, going to Bojo's in, in Boulder on the oh, hill okay. and eating a five pound pie with my friend Kip. Shout out to Kip. Um, and having a pitcher of beer. I was 18, you know, you could drink three, two beer back then and have a giant, <laughs> oh, giant pizza. And then you go oh, dancing man. at Pogo's on the hill. So, <laughs> so those are the people who remember Pogo's. Hey, shout out. Yeah, yeah I mean, get hydrated. I always thought that that restaurant was so cool over there with the deck and the thing. They always had a lights. Like it was very appealing to me, but I just never, ever went. I don't know why we never made it. Just now, Did you like the pizza? Have you ever been to a Bojo's? The Bojo's that I always went to was the one in Idaho Springs on the way yeah. home. right so something about the cold and when you're hungry and you stop in there and the peanuts and like i don't know it was just maybe that wasn't the peanuts there was another place in idaho springs that peanuts on the floor yeah bojo's is like the the big gigantic crust and dipping right totally do the honey on it and stuff so that i remember but then i remember when it was in boulder and i was just like i don't i'm not coming home from skiing it's not snowing i can't this doesn't make sense to me and i just it's never I've never gotten it. I think it's really funny because I think that translates. I think a lot of people have that memory of like either cold, you know, my memory tied to like, Hey, those, those times in high school or whatever. And right. it just didn't translate. It after just that. didn't I translate. Like, oh, okay. So I don't know. I hope that something else comes into that. Cause that's a really cool building. The restaurant itself seems awesome, but we'll see. This is the time for Brady to chime in with a food memory from 1987. You know <laughs> oh, 87. <laughs> 87 specifically. Wow, was, I was going to say like, I can just imagine Eric playing Dig Dug having a fat slice of uh no that, that predates Dig Dug probably. No, I'm kidding, it doesn't. So yeah, no, it was it was just pretty much just eating the entire pie, you know. 87 could, for me would have been um boy, like like instant mashed potatoes with hamburger gravy. That would have been the kind of stuff I was no, I nobody. Was, I was diving into ambrosia salad, so I don't <laughs> yeah, it was the, like it's the easiest thing in the world to make, but um it's yeah. like instant mashed potatoes, fry hamburger. Make gravy out of literally Cuban beef bouillon and like cornstarch and water. That's it. Well, the uh, other thing that happened while we were on vacation, guys, is a very big milestone, which is that Longmont breached 100,000 residents. Oh, and is now the most Ooh. populous town in Boulder County. We yes. have most Boulder officially. We actually did it. We I mean, let's just talk about it because this yeah. is a really big deal. Like, this yeah. is the biggest deal. Boulder is declining and Longmont is increasing. And we have yeah. more people in Longmont now. It's so crazy. I just, I don't know. Of course, that, I guess I didn't see that happening. I always thought, I thought of Boulder is just bigger and more stuff going on. Maybe you could argue there's more stuff going on, but now we have more people. So, so we'll have to just drag the courthouse up here pretty soon. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no well, doubt. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it really is remarkable. I never would have guessed back in high school that Longmont would have eclipsed no. Boulder. The most but, populated. Yeah. 
But that's amazing. It's just going to continue. I think the max is yeah. they're saying 129 or something like that. Yeah. So, and, you, know. you know, development projects everywhere. This is like, you know, amazing in real estate terms, this is definitely the growth market in the county. And I think we're going to just keep seeing more of the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Wow. It's just really amazing when you see all the developments coming online too, as well. Yeah. So it's cool. So, so much. Very, very cool. That's what what else guys? What else is going on? Oh, um, uh, yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> I had a, I had some stuff and like I can't find it. <laughs> I do notice that Indian Bites is getting closer to opening. That's the place over here on Francis. I also mm-hmm. noticed that it looks like the place next to Ozo Coffee. Um, shout out to Ozo Coffee too as well. I always forget about um, them every once in a while, and then I went by there today. Oh yeah, um, great. when I wasn't like getting money from Miko, um, but. Uh, the Indian place that was next to it was slated to open. Looks oh, like yeah. it, it actually looks like it's not. So, not? Yeah. yeah, I don't know what the deal is. Yeah, so the you. sign's down and there was like kind of this notice on there to say, hey, stop, you know, if you're renovating, it's all on you kind of thing. And yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. going to look into that. It's like into that. Yeah, so it okay. doesn't look like that one's going to happen. I wanted to ask Annie, have you been to the Boulder Pho, Pho place? Have you been have. there? Was it good? Yeah, it was good. I personally am biased still towards the pho hong viet or whatever over there in the village i think they still have better pho overall but the bowl it was good it was really good okay. i would say either one is a good you can win i love the place at the village i think the, it's the, best. the one you just mentioned i think it was just awesome yeah. So, yeah and those guys used to do saigon express remember oh, when there was that? that yeah I'm that was pretty good. sure it's the same people wow. that jumped over here okay. and did that and saigon was always really good it was good yeah yeah Vietnamese food, um, one of my favorites. Anyway. Yeah, so good. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Anyway, blah, blah. Um, okay. Uh, got something else for you. This is a very big deal because uh-huh. this year we have our first ever, although I should take that back. I don't know if that's a correlative counts, but there is a fireworks hotline this year. Mm-hmm. July 1st or 4th. If you have a complaint about, I'm sorry, this is just the most next door news ever. You can... You can call into the fireworks, illegal fireworks hotline at 303-774-4731. It will be answered from 7 p.m. until midnight over the course of the four-day period. Oh, so Brady, you I, need to I look at I thought you guys might need to know that. You yeah. need to look at the letter, the letters associated with that number and come up with something kind of fun. Is it is there some sort of weird acronym, <laughs> acronym or some sort of call one, you know, call one oh. or pyro or something or whatever? Yeah, like, or like three Karen or Narc or something. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I get it. Like just because it's like still, you know, uh, uh, but you know, whatever. Um, well, I mean it's good because you don't bother the emergency services that actually have much more yeah, things. Yeah, to do. I think that they get inundated and they were saying yeah. that it was really hard. And I think what they were gonna do with this is say, we're gonna look for um like reports get triangulate basically like if they get multiple reports and they're saying okay it's between these and they're saying it's in this direction they can sort of say it's over here i doubt longmont's ability to control any sort of noise violation i'll go on the record they're not going to control it this hotline is a joke it's just to keep people from calling the police because those are the real emergencies don't be like clogging up those phone lines they need to actually respond to things to me it's just a diversion sometimes Yeah. yeah you're probably not wrong but like sometimes that you people at the very least need someone to call and complain to. And I like, I get it. Exactly. That's what yeah. I mean. It's like, it's yeah. just a place to go to air your grievances and move yeah, it's, it's more the, 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 do you hate, do you hate uh, fireworks? Call the, the angry venting exactly. line. Actually just call 1-900-BRADY. I'll be like, bro, I get it. I know what you want me to do. What do you expect? You're not allowed to this on Main Street. What do you want? What do you, what do you think I'm going to do? Between two and five. Yeah. I don't know. What do you want? Don't, I'm not condoning that. Yeah. Fireworks are definitely in full swing. They, I feel like they actually haven't been as bad. Although last night I got some pretty loud booms going on, but I would say this year versus the last couple. I I don't think I actually, it's really funny. It's been very quiet in our neighborhood. Right. I feel like it's been pretty good. And what I, I like it, I like it quiet. I'm a, I'm a boring old man and I like to have my windows open and just sit on my couch and just go, ah, the breeze. It's a beautiful place to live. Like, we don't yes. need to tempt nature with another freaking fire after everything that's happened. We don't need to like, you know, and they, like people go nuts about vets and dogs getting upset and whatever. And I don't know if that's like a real thing. Like if you have PTSD, you want to tell us like, yeah, that's, that's a real deal. I'm not one to, I don't have that. Like I'm not going to weigh in, but I'm just going, it's such a nice place to be. 
It's another one of these things where if you shoot off fireworks, everybody that is close to you also is a part of what you're doing. It's like driving a loud car. And whether or not they want to, they're participating in your activity. And it's just like, just leave me alone, man. It's just like, you know, want to do like, it like- I just want to sit on my porch and have a cake donut and yeah. listen to nature. <laughs> yeah, Eric's going to freeze them. Uh, oh, I got there early gosh. in my freezer for this week. All right. Microwave Pete, you can get Pete back on here and I'll complain <laughs> about noisy long That's right. <laughs> well, after that, like more, I, I heard more people complaining about it again after the fact. And it's like, man, there was a petition. Like, sign the petition. There you it's, go. It's never gonna. It's yeah. never going to come to anything, unfortunately. But, it, but it I will say this is Annie's, one of your favorite holidays. So you're going to be at Thompson Park, right? Yes. And you're going to also... No, 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 I'm not, there's no shame. No, here. no, no. I'm just saying I have to eat my words a little bit because I really had to scale back my picnicking this year because there's just a lot going on in life at the moment, but I will absolutely be there. I'll be there with my picnic gear. I'm not entering the contest this year. I once again, oh. liberated for a long time over it and decide, cause I'm telling you guys, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to win. And this takes investment. It takes planning and it takes time and it takes people behind the effort. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get my stuff together quickly enough this oh, year. Not, wow. I know. Isn't I'm it just so disappointed? But you know, I what thought you'd have means? the side dish booth and you know, I know. Uh, yeah. I know no, you're really disappointed, no. Eric. I know oh, you really want to be there. Eric. It's just like it's a wet blanket. I, like after me coming off this wet blanket tirade, I wanted to talk. But you're just like, oh, Annie wants to go have fun. No, I'm sorry that you're not going to be entering the contest. That's kind of a bummer. Well, you know what? I have 12 months to plan for next year. Okay. There you go. There you go. No, you got. You got even. Yeah, you got a little bit longer. You got a couple Actually, extra days. You know. Now. You know, Eric, how you can help me with next year's. Mr. Master Gardener, I want really awesome hanging flower pots that okay. are red, white, and blue flowers. So you can like okay. purple and the, and the, and I, and obviously the, you get to this time of year and you're like, Hmm, I don't want to spend $400 on flower pots. So if we could start doing some propagation in the spring and do some plants, if you want to grow out my flower pots for the side dish picnic, there you go. The there you go. I, grow, I like petunias now, so you got it. So you are a jam. Own. That's perfect. There you go. Yeah. Each to their yeah. Own got a plan. Yeah. 2024. Cool. So, Look out. No, 2023. <laughs> this year's <laughs> <laughs> oh, So the fireworks show is still going on over at Fox Hill. Is that correct? I just yes. want to make sure. Okay. It is. Cool. I'm going to go check it out this year. I think I'm going to okay. try to see it from Skyline. You know, and for me, I need like 20 minutes of finale. That would be like the best fireworks show in the entire world. That'd yeah. be so cool. Wait, um, I'd be cool, yeah, if they just started and like the just ramp, bam, 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 the, the <laughs> ramp was like hyper, like just ask them from our fireworks haters over here that you Look, want. No, you no, want no, to do no. it. You want to do it like go nuts for yeah. twenty minutes and make it amazing. Yes. Don't yes. don't have like a black cat. You're 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 <laughs> popping off every fifteen <laughs> minutes for seven days straight. <laughs> Bang! Yeah. I have to tell you, one of the best fireworks displays I ever went to was at Erie Auto Speedway. So they, oh, you know, like right. they did the the sprint races over Ducano. there, and then at midnight they like did this fireworks show, and it was so funny. It was this total farce. These two guys are out there, and they're lighting things on fire, and then they keep going, "Oh my gosh, get out of there!" And they're like, it was this big joke. Like they were <laughs> pretending they were in danger, and they were lighting things on fire, and they were doing it unsafe, and. At the end of it, it was like this total farce and you didn't know because you'd be like, run, Dave, run, because he's like <laughs> running away from lit fireworks. And it was a hoot. It was hysterical, but it was like this just massive display all the time. And it was great. Oh, that sounds but, yeah. pretty forthy. I like that. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> all right. So we have to uh, get cl close to closing out here, but oh, I, I do have a couple of events, but what else you got? What oh, else you got? So um, Longmont is doing um, e-bike rebates, which is kind of fun. Is that is that happening? Because I yeah, heard Boulder... Boulder, like theirs didn't work or something. Or Boulder said, nah, I don't know what Boulder's deal was, but I saw that today too, that they were saying that they didn't yeah. want to do it. So Longmont's um, doing them. What are the rebates? Yeah, I think it's 500 bucks for most people, but if you qualify, nice. it's up to a thousand um, for certain income levels. Yeah, here we go. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Buy a bike and e-bike, get up to a thousand dollars back. Longmont Powering Communications offers Longmont residents $500 rebate on the purchase of a new e-bike, increasing to a thousand dollars rebate for income qualified customers. So that's pretty meaningful. Like, that is cool. that's a good that's rebate. Awesome. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I hope people do that. That's great. Yeah. And I'm like, I would buy an eBay for 500 yeah, bucks back. Like that's, that's, yeah. that's real money. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really actual cool. incentive. That's, that's great. Very cool. Yeah. And so, I'm not trying to rush us all off here. I mean, we want to do two hours straight. We can do that. But, <laughs> um, but what, what else, what else do you have, Annie? Well, I just had one really lame buzz, which is that I've heard that the Safeway up there at Pace and 17th, which 
for a long time. What's going on up there? Everybody's been wondering, what's, yeah. you know, is, is this thing, is something happening? That they might be getting an entertainment venue in there. And I don't, that is the extent, that's the beginning and the end of what I know. They're very hush-hush about it. There's very little known, but like something in the way of entertainment going on at 17th and Pace. So, huh. I have so many sarcastic remarks I want to make, but I won't (laughs) because I can't say them aloud. But anyway, um, but I will, I will keep you updated on this evolving story. Kind of like what I'm picturing is like a Dave and Buster's light again. Oh, like another wild game. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of games, there's also going to be a new adult arcade, we could say. It's an, I don't know. How, how adults? What's going on? I mean, on in, here? in the sense that like Dave and Buster's is adult arcade, it's not though. An no. arcade coming in right down near South Main in Boston. So there's that old oh, laundry really? mat that was there for a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there will be, um, if you're familiar with these like fish games, uh, Okay, you have them at like Dave and Buster's, and there's like these fish shooting games, like on. <laughs> uh, you, okay, thing. so you, so started you, with you fish sound game like you're doing it's a polite lost. euphemism for something else. <laughs> no, I'm, this is okay. literally like all that it is. And if you want to join this like social gaming club and go in and play fish games, that is what you can do in you about said, one month. You said time. fish games, and I was lost. And then you said fish, you should shoot the fish. You do. I, it, it's it's I, still all, this all checks out. But, but Brady, I'm further, second, all I'm saying is I'm further away from understanding that I, I was. I know, Brady, here's the best, best You know what? Too. If you she know it, you know it. There's going to no be way. listeners out there who know exactly what I'm talking about right now. But what I love, though, Annie, is that you're kind of like fish games, kind of wink, wink, nudge, it's nudge, really like, hard to you know, explain like them. it means something else. No, you know, like, you know. <laughs> I'm, I, it, it's I, literally, and it's kind of hard to explain. I'm going to show I, you what these things look like. Look at this. See? All right. It's so like, she's going to show us. Like candy us. Crush meets. Oh, like, okay. So okay. you're going to go to an arcade to pay to play Candy Crush? Yeah, no. Like these, this is what they look like. These, like, a table. And you stand around it and you like play these games or whatever. And they, these clubs popped up all over China, apparently. And now they're popping up around Colorado okay. and Longmont's going to so get for, So since she's not describing this, it is what looks like <laughs> a massive, like the old school two man, you stand at an arcade thing and one person plays on one side, the other person plays on the other side. This is like the size of a pool table and it's yes. for 10 people. And there's a picture of what looks like, like, like a Super Nintendo <laughs> version of Finding Nemo on it. And a bunch of joysticks and buttons. And I have no idea what the Perfect. actual game is, but apparently this That's is a game. And they're opening, they're opening this thing. And if you want to check it out, by all means go nuts. This is not typically you know, the gaming that I would want to experience as a gamer about myself again. Ridiculous. But Which Brady, you know, you really nailed fun. and you can play in teams and stuff, and you can win prizes and <laughs> Brady, you nailed the description. It's too bad you couldn't have nailed the Sugar Ross description a little Sugar Ross, whatever it was. You know, I can't even know to say it. No, you nailed the description. It just it is hysterical. It's like this giant finding Nemo. It's like, like a HGTV. pool table with a TV on top. And you stand there with a joystick like from the early 90s. And apparently you play fish game. But you Wait, shoot it. I'm telling so, you guys. Know. This is going to be the buzz. I, what I and thought also, was going to be like Flying Fish Buck Hunter 7 or something. And I was just like, okay. Um, yeah. I like Big Buck Hunter. Oh, my yeah. gosh. That's all I got. <laughs> that's a great way to end. That's a strong ending. And, and make it happy. solid. Yeah, I I don't know. You know, I, And also, I, I have to say that I'm kind of uncomfortable with the whole idea of, of you know, adult arcade, the way you made it sound. I just. You know, I gotta say, I just kind of, I was super so, confused. Yeah. Like yeah. we're going, that's, this is side dish. We usually talk about yeah. family venues, family we, venues, we do. Yeah, like it's... pool tables that are built out of TVs that can be controlled with joysticks. Oh my God. Family friendly. As always, Annie brings the funny. That's for sure. So <laughs> Brady brings the retrospective of food. Yes. <laughs> I'm here. If you want to know about what was happening with food in Minnesota, particularly my subregion of the Midwest in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Hey, as always, we thank Andy Epler for our music. Find us wherever you find your fine pod content Amazon, Legros, Spotify. Rate us if you like us. Uh, go on, give us a five star rating. Go on. Um, what helps us? It helps the show. <laughs> and then, of course, it. you can tell your friends about it. Um, we are ever so grateful for Jennifer Peterson to join us, as well as uh, family members from yes. the Lou Cardenas family, uh, Lydia and Rose, and others uh, that were telling us about the Casa Lufra project. 
Um, we'll have links to the project itself as well as uh, Lou's bio on there too as well in the show notes. So reach out to us at any time at sidedishlawnmon at gmail.com. Let us know what sort of fish arcade game you play. We'd love yeah. to hear about it. Tell us your preferred fish arcade game. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah.